0: Welcome to Insightful Leaders. I'm your host, Ryan Stewart, and this is the show where I interview proven leaders in customer insights and CX who share their stories, strategies, and insights to drive meaningful change at your organization. Our guest for today's episode is Sergio Rossini. Sergio is a senior customer-focused manager with over 20 years of experience leading global CX programs designing innovative sales and marketing campaigns, and formulating business strategies in services and after-sales environment. Most recently, Sergio was Group Head of Customer Excellence at Schindler, a global lift manufacturer. In this episode, we're going to focus on the rapid transformation of the CX industry in the face of COVID-19 and the role that insights and storytelling plays in transformation. Sergio, welcome. Thank you. Great to have you along. Um, Let's get straight into it. First first question for you or discussion point. The CX industry as a whole is a relatively new industry and it relies heavily on personal relationships and experiences with customers. This presents unique challenges for organizations in a world of social distancing to switch to digital. How are you seeing this change in customer experience? Uh, Let's say that in these COVID times, I feel that
1: people in general and customers, they are all tired, stressed, weak, fragile. I think that fragility is a a good word for that. And it doesn't matter if you put yourself in B2B or B2C. What uh, we have to understand is that all customers are humans. And this leads me to another concept that I love that is the humanization of business. So we should move from the philosophical approach of B2B or B2C to H2H, that is human to human. And so I think that there is this magic word that is empathy that was so important even before. But uh, I think that the meaning or the strength of this word has been amplified with COVID and it's even more important now. So empathy is putting yourself in the customer's shoes, and uh, uh, also is about experiencing our brands with the eyes and the feelings of the customer. And I think that in order to do so, the companies have to re-engineer all customer journey, journeys and all the processes behind.
0: Interesting. And, you know... One of the things about empathy is, as you point out, with customer experience being so human to human, it's it's such a kind of visceral human thing to empathize with someone else. And, and you know, given that most touch points in in the modern customer experience are moving to digital because of social distancing, because, because of COVID-19, not that, that some of them weren't digital before, but it's really accelerating that shift to digital, y- you would... I would guess that achieving that same level of empathy, particularly for an organisation to empathise with a customer, would be even more difficult now. What are the, what are the most important aspects of of you know any solutions or strategies in this space to kind of facilitate this feeling of empathy when these interactions have moved to such a digital platform?
1: Well, I would say that uh, we talk about social distancing, but in fact it is physical distancing. Mm. It means that uh, also, in a business environment, you, you had physical meetings. You visit the customer, OK? And uh, I think that um, now we have much more digital touch points, as you said. So now we have a challenge, because I think that uh, a Zoom meeting is, by definition, a colder experience than taking a coffee together or eating a pizza and talking and smiling and drinking together, and this creates an atmosphere in which you can talk business, I think. And I would say that uh, in Italy, we say I'm from Italy, so I very much like this connection Australia to Italy that shows that customer experience is a global topic. Mm. But let's say that um, in Italy, we always say that the decisions are taken at dinner or at the coffee machine. Then we make meetings, because we also are in business. So we make meetings, but the meetings are there just to validate the decisions taken at the coffee machine. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is the higher risk to lose this. Mm-hmm. And I also think that uh, with uh, uh, digital tools, you can uh, uh, you can uh, leave an experience, I mean, a relationship that has been built before to create new relationship, it's hard. But I have to say as well that it is possible. It is possible to improve the customer experience going digital. And there are many ways to be empathetic with the customer. So for example, I think that a good way to be empathetic from a business perspective is to go for an omnichannel approach means that customers should, um, should have the option to reach us as they want. I think that there are customers that do like self-service in a portal. They don't want to talk to anybody because just, they are just looking for an information. So they don't need the waste of time uh, to talk to someone. They go straight to the point And they go directly for their self-service. I also think that uh, uh, there are some other customers that do like chatting or phone calls or mails. So all these things should be available for them. But I think that the added value that can come from uh, going digital is the integration of all the different uh, uh, sources of information. So we should have a place where to put what is called the single source of truth of the company. So today, we have the problem that if I talk to you, I talk to you with the set of information that I have, but if you are my customer and you talk to someone else in my company, the other guy can have a different set of informations. While going digital, you can very well put all the informations in one place so that All the different people interacting with the same customer can talk with one voice. One voice means we all tell the same story to the customer. I think that this can be an added value, even if I still think that there is a a warm element in being together that cannot be replaced. But I mean, this is the challenge yeah okay. I, also, I also think that the most important thing for a company is to, to let's say to go digital in terms of mindset. So it is a digital mindset first. We have to move from uh, replacing something that was physical to something that was digital. We have to rethink that touch point in a digital way because the majority of the interaction will now be digital. So we have to think in a different way. And uh, I think that there is another important element that is that not only our customer, uh, we, we have remote customers, but we also have a remote workforce. So our people, our employees. So now the point is how do we ensure that they are enforced to deliver a great customer experience to our customer. And that's the point of the digital transformation, I think. That's that's the real challenge. Because I believe at the end that, I believe in the chain that happy employees lead to happy customers, and these bring us to happy business, let's say
0: and i i'd imagine you know that whole remote working thing also creates a whole other set of challenges because particularly for organisations that were used to being in the same office if you it's a big enough shift by itself to have those customer relationships that may have been physical relationships you know physically standing across from each other and talking Switching to digital, but to then also have relationships in the office switching to digital, I imagine that that puts even more barriers in place for for that empathy, right? For for helping people in the office understand what the customer's going through when that customer relationship's is digital, and now your relationship with that coworker is digital. Is there anything that you can think of from a kind of strategy or technology mindset to try and help overcome those types of hurdles?
1: Uh, let's say that. Um I think that the key word is always empathy. I mean, empathy is towards the customer, but it's also inside a team, in a company, Mm -hmm. and the relationship between the boss and employees need empathy. So now we have to find ways to cooperate. I really think that the big risk is micromanaging and control. This is the big risk. I mean, this can destroy. Uh, can destroy a company. Can destroy the atmosphere. I mean, a team has to be happy in order to perform. So, we have to find ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, regular meetings, trying to have a toast together. Uh, also, even if virtual, but I think that. Uh, we have to learn. We have to learn this new thing. Got so uh, I, I do not have a, a real solution for you. I think mm. that we have to have in mind empathy,
0: avoiding micromanagement and yeah. try to build a team. And, and what about storytelling? Um, what role do you think that plays in kind of um, helping to translate the story from the customer to the internal stakeholders and build that empathy and, and you know, even just going from, from an insights team to a C, or a CX team into the management team and, and consequently driving action. What role does storytelling play and what ingredients are required to get it right?
1: I think that this is about uh, getting the buy-in or a CX program, for example, from executives. Mm-hmm. But not only from executives, but the whole company. I mean, also by sales manager, branch manager, or whatever role they have in, in the company. And uh, I think that we all have this picture of board members having no time. They have, they're really occupied. They have something else to do. Why? Because they follow their own priorities. That's the point. So if they are so occupied, perhaps customer experience is not one of their priorities. But we have to live with that. I mean, we can be very lucky. We can have uh, all board members being believers. That's a lucky situation. Almost probably this does not happen. And we have to convince them some way. So now I think that one suggestion for managers to convince managers is always show me the money. They understand money. They are in business. They're responsible for the business. So if you are able to highlight that CX initiatives bring back money, they understand. But I fear that in the long run, this is not enough because they get the habit and then they look elsewhere. So we have to educate them. And now I will tell you something unexpected. If you observe these board members, they are also humans. (laughs) So they do not think only in terms of numbers. Yes, they do like numbers, but they have their emotions. So I think that storytelling is very important also to change their mindset. And I really think that uh, uh, it's the duty of everybody working in the customer experience to be able to translate all survey data, voice of the customer program, seeks technicalities in something visual that is able to talk and to tell a story. That's why I think that visual reporting is so important. So we make thousands of surveys okay, and uh, uh, digging in all these uh, thousands of surveys and being able to translate all this in one page, one page only, very powerful from a visual point of view, can move things much more than numbers and statistics, uh, saying uh, we have 10% attractors. What does that mean? I mean, we have to do something, what we have to do. So having uh, text analytics tools that can uh, translate the words used by the customer in something to be done is is the key. I really think that uh, customers give us messages and talk uh, uh, not with scores. I mean, we ask scores. How likely would you recommend from 0 to 10? They give you a number. But what's very important is the reason behind the number, behind the score, the why. So that's why it's so important to ask open questions, to be able to dig into the open questions, and uh, uh, able to translate uh, everything in a very simple visual way. So I think that digging into unstructured data is very important. If you want, I have an example here. Yeah, I make it short. Sure. I make it short. So I was, we were making uh, one hundred thirty thousand surveys per year. Okay, different languages, sixty countries. Mm-hmm. So you had Hungarian, Polish, uh, mm-hmm. Spanish, and so on. And uh, uh, we were digging into this data, and there was one common element that was popping up everywhere. And this element was communication. Mm. So lack of communication or poor communication. But that was not enough. You have to transform these things said by customer in an action. So we started realizing that the majority of the times in which customers were using this word communication in a very bad way, I mean, they were detractors, was when, uh, I mean, I was in the Leveto business, so when the Leveto was broken, And what did they do? They called a free toll number saying, hey, the elevator is broken. And the answer was something like, okay, we will send someone. Full stop. The guy didn't have any other information. Perhaps one month later he received an invoice. And this was the state of the art of all elevator companies in the world since more than one century. So we, were unable at that time to give something so, uh, let's say, uh, common today, expected time of arrival. So saying to the customer, yes, we will be on site at 2 PM. And then saying to the customer, I am now on site. And then I left the elevator. It is running or not running. For this reason, we ordered the spare parts. Things like this that are so common, we, are, we have the habit with Uber, with the Amazon, we have all this information, in the elevator industry was not present. And so we transformed these surveys into expected time of, uh, of arrival that is now a reality. And this improved a lot the, with the measurement because we had the specific touch point for that, and this resulted then in additional or not losing operating revenue and management result. Mm. So this is the way to behave, to transform surveys or inputs from customer, customer insights yeah. into action measurable. And then you measure the effectiveness and then you measure the also the financial outcome. That's what is important to managers.
0: Yeah, that's a really cool example of, yeah, that's that's awesome going from hearing what customers are talking about to actually making change in the business and and seeing the financial impact and being able to represent that in the way that managers really care about. Um I, you know, I talk to a lot of people in this industry, CX people, insights people, and I'm always I I guess I'm not surprised, but something that I keep observing is the wildly different organizational structures of how CX teams and insight teams are structured and and where they sit, and are they one team or are they two teams? And so, uh, something that I'm keen to hear of whether you've got any thoughts on is where does the CX team need to sit uh, in an organisation to be the most effective? And and what about an insights team? Should they be the same team? Should they be different teams? Um, or you know, does it not matter? Is it is it irrelevant? What do you what do you think?
1: And hmm. uh, so, I say that I started working CX. Um, in the previous century. So when I say <laughs> phrases like this, I feel like an Islander. <laughs> so at that time, customer, customer satisfaction at that time, we didn't have the word customer experience, uh, was under quality
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it moved under marketing, being closer to the customer, if you want. And then it moved again to branding, But I have to say that, at the end, uh, it is not so important where it is. Okay, there is an evolution. But the important thing is that it has to be very high in the hierarchy of the company, because otherwise, things do not happen. But I really think that there is another element that is very important. And it is the leadership and charisma of the sixth director or the leader of customer experience i really think that uh, being sixth director is a place where you land after a journey inside the company so if you worked in quality if you worked in sales in execution in management then you can land to be to work in customer experience. I do not believe in CX professionals that do not have field experience at all. They are only CX professionals. And why do I say so? Because it is very important to have street creed and to have uh, uh, muddy boots. So people, they smell you. They, they understand if you know what you are talking about. And if you are able to translate actions in business, you have you need to have the ability to talk business. So you are talking to a sales manager. A sales manager is thinking about offer, orders, invoices, I mean billing, and so on. He's not thinking about detractors in the long run, in promoters, or in let's say, uh, he has not the CX glossary. He used different words, and he has a different mindset. So if you come from there and you learn customer experience and you are able to show them that uh, customer experience is not additional workload, but it is a different how to drive the business, then it does not matter if you are in marketing, in branding, or in quality. It is very important that you have this ability to uh, let people feel that you know what you are saying because you have a long way behind you, Mm -hmm. and you are there for a reason. I I don't know if I answered your question, but I think that uh, the leadership, of the people owning the, the the six program is the most
0: important thing. Mm. Yeah. So if I look to what I heard you say is it's not that organizational doesn't structure doesn't matter. And in fact, you know, over the last thirty years, that organizational structure has changed. Going back thirty years, customer satisfaction it never used to be called customer experience. It used to sit in a quality function and it moved to marketing and now it's playing out to its own department. And that evolution will continue, but the most important thing to get right is have high level, you know, board level, CEO level buy into a customer-centric culture and wanting to prioritize the customer experience. Because if you don't have that, then really the organizational structure doesn't matter. Absolutely, and I really think at the end
1: that the experience of the person leading the program is key.
0: Yeah. So, and I want to go a little bit deeper into that. Um, because I, I think your point of, you know, your, your viewpoint of having mud on the boots, of having street cred, of having been in the field is a very good one. I think that's a fantastic way for a CX leader to, to try and build that influence within an organization. But, you know, let's say someone has that or at least has, you know, some of the ingredients of that. But they're still experiencing pushback or existence around the importance of the insights of the CX function. You know, perhaps the they, the organization has aspirations to be to be customer centric and to really care about customer experience, but they're not quite there yet, and and they've had some doubts along the way. How do you think that they can go about trying to shift that culture or the mindset of the organization to really get them over that hump and make them customer centric and really care about customer experience as a as a core? tenant in the organization? Let's say that if you're able to talk business, you should not
1: find yourself in this situation. So you should ask yourself, why are you in that situation? But it also can happen that you are unlucky <laughs> and that uh, you have board members not listening to you really. Because sometimes, well, you know what it happens, that people in the field follow you, but people in the C-suite, they don't. So there is a kind of disconnection, also because perhaps they are in the ivory tower, or they they think to strategically, and they have other things in mind. Okay, I, even if I think that there is nothing more strategic than customer experience, I, I have to say. But let's say now I give you a pragmatic hint. Most probably, a problem is. Uh, about uh, cost of six initiatives, so you do not have enough budget. So you have to find ways to have uh, uh, easy wins, otherwise you cannot progress. And there are some initiatives that are uh, not expensive, like, for example, uh, celebrating a six day okay six day celebration is something that happens in many companies there is one day for all companies in the world or you can invent your own day or you can have a six week or whatever but what is important is that these allow you to involve the entire organization in doing something and this something can be giving awards to your own people okay you celebrate people because they have been very successful with customers. And this is good. And this does not cost a thing. Or you can organize uh, activities involving customers. So, for example, in 2019, before COVID, (laughs) we tried some gamification, having salespeople inviting customers in the offices and the salesman who was able to bring more customer was the winner. Mm-hmm. And this is a way to show that you have a true relationship with the customer because otherwise customers do not move, do not come. Okay? Or in COVID times, you can have uh, video shooting with the customer as testimonials, mm-hmm. for example. So you can find the virtual ways to do that. And I have to say that... Uh, you move the entire company, it's highly symbolic. There's no big money or no money at all because you can move uh, the, the cost inside the company, not in your own cost center, okay? So yeah. in the branches or everywhere. So it's hidden some way. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has high visibility and can also go social, you can use LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or whatever you want in order to give a high visibility to highly symbolic moments involving the entire organization without big money involved. So I think this can be a hint to move uh, the culture, okay, the cultural mindset without big money, but then sooner or later, you have to demonstrate that you're able to bring money back home.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Understood. Sergio, that's that's been that's all, you know, I've learned a lot from all of that. So, um, and thank you for giving your insights. If you don't mind, I think we might move on to our, our rapid fire question round where I ask you five rapid fire questions about CX and yourself, uh, and, and you give us some insightful answers, hopefully. Is that all right with you? Okay. Let's try. (laughs) Okay. So, first question. What's the best piece of CX or Insights advice you've ever received?
1: I learned something from a salesman Mm. because I was so uh, proud of having created uh, a certain process. There's a survey and then you make the closed loop and then you do this and that. And I was so proud. And then I traveled to America. I was in New Jersey. And I, as I always do, I decided to go out to meet customers with my salesman. And when we were in the car, he received a mail, a notification. And it was the notification I had built with my team, notification that there was a survey and you received immediately on your mobile notification with the score, with the comments, with everything. So I was curious to see the things live. And the guy looked at the notification and said, thank God it's not a detractor. <laughs> I said, and, and so what? So he had created his own process, not mine, mm. <laughs> not company process. In his mind, if it's not a detractor, you do not make the closed loop. So you forget and you ignore, and that's all. And so I discovered the (laughs) importance of implementation. Yeah. It's not only designing. It's not only convincing managers. Then you have to go out in the trenches and see and check what really happens out there because they have their own own interpretation of things. They have their own priorities. Yeah. They believe or do not believe uh, and things happen.
0: So you have to go
1: out and learn.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was almost like that salesman was your customer and you were doing your own user research to see how, how your processes had been received. That's cool. Um, <laughs> what are you most excited about in the world of CX right now?
1: I don't know. if uh, I, I see a challenge, and the challenge is to find the balance between digital transformation and empathy. Mm. I think it is exciting. This is the challenge, and I don't know which is the end. I don't know which will be the final outcome.
0: Let's yeah. see. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Um, do you, what's your What book would you recommend to our audience and why? I prepared two books. Mm. So
1: one is here, so it's very institutional, very conventional. Yeah. So ultimate, uh, the ultimate question, Fred Reichel from Bain, inventor of the Net Promoter System. Great. So this is for beginners, yeah. let's say. So you have to start from there, then there is mm-hmm. much more afterwards. Yeah. But it's a pillar. Okay, you have to start from there. And then I have one that is not conventional at all, that is PIG. Pain is good. Mm. This is from an Hong Kong professor, Samson Lee, and he argues that uh, we tend to think about the customer experience as customer service.
0: Mm.
1: But customer service is only one part of it. Then you have the product and you have the price. That's why it's important that if you are responsible for the customer experience, you have to think also being responsible about the pricing. That's why it's so important that you are high in the hierarchy. That's why it's so important that you can uh, influence people's decision inside the company, because it's not only answering to complaints or chasing the detractors. It's also having a word on the development of the product and on the pricing. And I really think that this is a complete and holistic approach that is much more powerful than looking only at the small slice of the customer experience.
0: Mm, Interesting. That's super cool. I will make sure to include links to those two books um, wherever we share this show so people can get them easily. We've got the first one on our bookshelf here in the office, but I I hadn't seen the second one before, so thank you. Um, If I were to ask you which person or company is really nailing it when it comes to customer experience or insights right now, who comes to mind?
1: So now I repeat myself because I'll go again to Samson Lee, this Hong Kong professor, because I I, I had the training course with him in Frankfurt uh, in 2015. Mm -hmm. And since then, I think that his way of thinking is still original. I hear all the voices of all six professionals. They are kind of homogeneous. They all say the same thing. While the guy here is saying something that has not been explored enough to me. So, for example, he looks at some um, companies like, for example, Ryanair. Ryanair is known for his terrible service.
0: Mm.
1: Not good at all. Horrible, sorry, horrible service. But by the way, it's very successful. Our mm. question is, why do people repeat purchases from someone that is delivering an horrible service? So you have to ask yourself a question. If you believe that the customer experience brings business, how can it happen that someone delivering a horrible experience is successful in business. I think that it is because they own a secret. And the secret is that they keep their promise. They have a brand promise. They are cheap. No frills. Okay? And it's true that the experience is painful. By the way, they didn't promise you a wonderful experience. They promised you something else. And they kept their promise. So. Even if after the experience, you say, I will never do that again. Then when you are alone looking for flights and you have to book, at the end, you go there. Mm -hmm. The same can be said for Ikea, for example, from a different perspective or for Louis Vuitton, very expensive. Okay. And price is part of the experience, but they have a different brand promise. So this link between the promise they make to customers and the fact that they are able to keep it is more important than being perfect on all touch points. So you can be very selective in choosing the touch points that are relevant for your brand promise. And you put all your energies and efforts on those and Mm not on the other one. So he's uh, arguing that uh, why pain is good, because he says that the gap between the highest peak of pleasure and the pain of the worst experience, that gap is what makes the experience memorable. Mm -hmm. And that's a new perspective, something to be explored. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm saying that it's stimulating a different
0: uh, way to think. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. I'm sat here thinking that's such an interesting framing, uh, I, that Ryanair story. Yeah, I think very interesting. I think you've nailed the, what they're delivering there. And it's very interesting that people keep coming back. And as you say, it's because they're, they're delivering on the promise of what they said. And it wasn't a stellar experience. It was a cheap price. Um, So, final question for you, Sergio. What's an interesting little fun fact about you that most people wouldn't know?
1: So, my wife is an art therapist. And she works uh, in the psychiatric environment, do we say that? Mm -hmm. So, people with mental problems. Yep. And uh, these guys, uh, some of them are artists. Mm. They make paintings, for example, and they make expositions. This is called outsider art, okay? And uh, I follow my wife in this adventure, and I'm always there with my Nikon, taking pictures of all the events, I document, then we put on the social media and things like this. And one day, uh, one of these guys that knew that I was traveling a lot for work reasons, I was responsible, I had a global uh, responsibility, and asked me, where are you going to travel next? And I said, oh, I have a very nice travel. I will go to Malaysia and Thailand. And he said, I understand for your pictures. And I said, so What? So I realized in that moment that he really believed that my job was being a professional photographer, mm-hmm. meant being a globetrotter, trotter, running around the world to take pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I didn't realize that perspective since that moment.
0: Mm, interesting. Well, your real job was just as exciting, I think. <laughs> um, Sergio, thank you. That's super insightful. And, you know, I've got a new book to read. So thank you for that. Um, if people want to get in touch with you um, to have a chat more about what you're talking about here or other topics, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
1: I think that uh, my LinkedIn profile is the perfect way to get in touch with you. Great. Right. And improve it on the the notes
0: in the comments yeah, yeah yeah we'll link to it in in the notes of the show so people can can reach you Sergio thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and very insightful okay thanks to you